destroy the child. You remember how he destroyed everybody from two years under and so forth? Uh, as soon as it was born, as soon as that child was born. So uh, in verse 9 then it says, that great dragon is that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast down to earth and his angels were cast out with him. Now we see this term, the devil and his angels. God has angels. God created all of them, but some of them fell and went with Lucifer. And now they're the devil's angels. You can call them evil spirits. You can call them demons and so forth. Uh, there's many names, uh, titles, and descriptions in the Bible, but they are his angels were cast out. And then in Matthew 25, when Jesus is telling about a future judgment, this is the judgment of people who have lived through the tribulation period to see if they get to go into the millennial kingdom or not. And it says, uh, and he will say to those on the left, that's the ones who rejected Christ, depart from me, uh, you cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Here we have that phrase again. The devil and his angels. By the way, hell was not designed for me or for you. It was designed for Satan and his angels. But many humans will go there, of course. And so, the devil and his angels. Now, all angels are created angels. And some of the, some of the things are in your that little paper I sent out or you'll receive when you leave, and there's Bible references around it. Uh, so you have all angels, and then you have unfallen angels. That's the ones who are at the command of Christ, and they're the ones looking out for us. And then you have fallen angels. And of those fallen angels, you have some who are active. You have active demons, fallen angels, demons. And then you have... Some that are confined. The Bible talks about them being confined in two places. One is Tartarus, and the other is the pit, the bottomless pit, or the abyss, as it is also called. Now, we're going to look at all these places as time goes on through this study. But right now, we're thinking about Satan. Now, here's, we don't have to be afraid that Satan is going to jump out from behind the bush and scare us. We don't have to be afraid of that. What he wants us to do is sin, S-I-N. He wants us to, uh, to move in a direction that God doesn't want us to move in. And uh, Jesus speaking here in this great passage in John 10, he says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So Satan is a deceiver, we saw a moment ago. And he comes to steal, steal away our joy, steal away our, uh, our uh, marriage and our home. And to kill and to destroy, destroy our families and homes. That's what he's after. He does that with that little word, S-I-N, sin. That's what he's after. And then here it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he wants to deceive. He, he lies, he kills, and he uh, destroys. And here he devours like a lion. And then... In Ephesians 6, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles in the Greek means strategy. It's where we get our word strategy, stratagem. It was used in secular Greek during the time of the New Testament 
of military strategies. Satan, Satan has a plan. He has a strategy how to destroy your marriage, how to destroy your family, how to destroy and devour and deceive your children. He's got a plan for that. We're in a warfare. And he has strategy to do so. And then that next verse says, For we wrestle not with flesh and blood, and against, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age. By the way, notice the word rulers is plural. Now, Satan is the supreme ruler, but apparently he has some generals and lieutenants and captains, and he's got other rulers within his uh, anarchy, within his uh, troop of fallen angels. One-third of the angels that God created went with him. So, we're in a warfare. I'm going to share with you some stats, and I'm going to try to do this real fast. So listen fast, if you would. This is on pornography. One study conducted showed that 84% of people between the age of 18 and 49 has watched a pornographic film. Of course, the Internet is the place where it is so prevalent. It says... 40 million U.S. adults regularly visit Internet pornograph websites. 40 million. 17% of all women struggle with pornography. So it's not just a man's problem now. It's women too. 20% of men and 13% of women. Now, 20% of men, 13% of women admit to accessing porn while at work. Watching porn while at work. 20% of men, 13% of women. And then this one says, along with the 40 million adults that watch pornography regularly, it says, according to this, every second there is more than 28,000 people watching pornography on the Internet. Every second. Wow. Among college age... 87% of men have watched pornography regularly. Here's some interesting ones. 40% of boys in grades 4 through 11 admitted watching pornography. Most of them did so often. 40% of 4th graders through 11th graders. The average age for children to view pornography is 11 years old now. 93% of boys and 63% of girls have watched pornography by the time they turn 18. Only 3% of boys and 17% of girls have not been exposed to pornography. Praise the Lord for those 3% and 17%. Amen? And then we move to alcohol and drugs. Illegal drugs, 12 million between the age of 18 and 25, used drugs in the last month. 12 million, just in the U.S. 12 million. About 5,000 Americans between the ages of 15 and 24 die from an overdose of drugs every year. 5,000. And then 
11% of those overdose drugs are uh, overdose deaths are ages 15 to 24. But alcohol is the biggest problem in the United States, more than illegal drugs. And by the way, none of this literature I'm sharing with you is from a Christian source. They're all from government sources. And uh, they're not anybody who's uh, uh, got an agenda. They're just giving the facts. These are the facts. This is what it says. Alcohol is by far the most commonly abused substance among teens and young adults. 1.2 million ages 12 to 17 report binge drinking in the last month. So when the, when the, uh, when the questionnaire went out, within the last month, that's between ages 12 and 17, had been binge drinking. 12 million between the ages of 18 and 25 report binge drinking in the last month. 25% of 8th graders have abused alcohol at least once. 61% of teens have abused alcohol by the 12th grade. 3% of 12th graders drink every day. Wow. Alcohol in the U.S. is, of course, legal. And there is 140 million people in the U.S. that drink alcohol. No wonder our kids drink alcohol. The adults all drink alcohol. And we act like it's some form of sophistication or something. And so our kids grow up just anxious to be 21 so they can uh, become sophisticated, you know, and drink. And because they see it as such a wonderful thing, they see parents and other adults doing it, they want to sneak out of the house and they want to go drink themselves before they turn 21. Much of the fault is on us as adults. Alcohol abuse according to this article, is the lion's share of substance abuse in the United States. 73% of all substance abuse is alcohol. More than all the illegal drugs put together. Six people die every day in the United States from alcohol poisoning. 30 Americans die every day in alcohol-related car accidents. And alcohol is responsible for killing 95,000 Americans each year. And yet we still sell it. People who claim the name of Christ still buy it and drink it. Here's something interesting that you may not know. Alcohol has a serious impact on the central nervous system. It is linked to over 200 different medical conditions and diseases. It impacts brain function. Now here's an article that's a little bit off the, the subject for a second, but not really. This is from the American Cancer Society. So, you know, they're not writing about drugs or alcohol. They're just writing about cancer. That's all, what all the research is about. Here's an article that's saying the last, over the last many years, all of the research shows that alcohol causes cancer. 
It says most Americans are unaware that alcohol ca causes uh, tens of thousands of cancer cases in the U.S. It's, it's second only to smoking. And then up close to that is uh, uh, ex carrying extra body weight. And then alcohol. You know, we worry about, all, you hear a little report about this toothpaste had something in it that could cause cancer, and you do away with that toothpaste, I mean, you know, you'd have to, you'd probably have to eat, you know, 20 gallons of it to hurt you, but you do away with that toothpaste because it had a, uh, you know, some kind of cancer-causing chemical in there, and yet people drink alcohol, and it is the, is the third from weight Overweight and, and uh, tobacco is the third highest substance that causes cancer. Now here's, it causes colon cancer, breast cancer, esophageal cancer, and again this is from the Cancer Society, liver cancer, stomach cancer, and oral cancers like tongue and throat and, and so forth. And, uh, and then it goes on to say, all types of alcohol, including wine and beer, increase cancer risk. The risk starts with uh, less than one glass per day. And the more you drink, the higher the risk. Alcohol. Now think about illegal drugs for a minute. This article says that 50% of all people in America have taken illegal drugs at least once and that uh, 70,000 excuse me 70 hundred excuse me 700,000 see you're, you're not you're, you're listening too slow and I can't get the words out that's what it is I always blame it on y'all don't I um, uh, 700,000 drug overdoses in the U.S. since 2000 and uh, so drug overdose and deaths are on a rise. And uh, how much drug use went up among 8th graders? It's illegal drugs. Between 2016-2020, uh, that's four years, it went up 61% in the 8th grade. It's a different world out there than when a lot of us were growing up, isn't it? Even though there was a lot of alcohol abuse at that time as well. Here's, a, here's another article. 2.1 million people ages 12 to 17 use drugs in the last month. 9% of 8th graders use illegal drugs in the last month. And 46% uh, and of 12th of graders uh, used in the last month month. Wow. Here's some drug-related death information. Accidental drug overdose causes uh, death among persons is the leading cause. Let me back up. Drug overdose is the leading cause of death among persons under the age of 40. That's pretty staggering, isn't it? And then... Uh, 70,000, this time 70, not 700, 70,000 drug overdoses in the U.S. every year. 
Wow. Just a few more on drugs. Illegal drugs used by eighth graders in the last 30 days. 5% of eighth graders used illegal drugs in the past 30 days. 20% of 10th graders in the last 30 days. 24% of 12th graders in the last 30 days. I saw one article, I don't have it in front of me, but I saw one article where it said 75% of parents interviewed said they didn't think their children took drugs, but 50% of those did take drugs. Their parents just didn't know it, didn't think it was happening. That's disturbing. One more thing, and that's uh, as far as the stats. It's a percentage of the LGBT community has doubled over the last decade. LGBT, of course, lesbian and gay, bisexual, and transgender. It has doubled in the past 10 years. Um, It's still a small portion of our population, 7%, but that's up from 3%. Three and a half percent just ten years ago. Um, the highest percentage of people in that community are between ages 18 to 25. Among the 18 to 25, even though just seven percent of the whole country, among young people 18 to 25, it's 21 percent. 21%, the highest in that, if you break that down, is those claiming to be bisexual. So this is affecting our country, and it's affecting our young people, and it's, our young people are growing up all around it. Here's an article that says, mastectomies, removing a female's breast, has spiked in children 389%. In three years. Children. Here's a breakdown of those numbers just a little bit better. Uh, Here it says ages 12 to 17. That's what's doubled in mastectomies in the last three years. While the majority were closer to 17, roughly 5% who received mastectomies were under the age of 14. Now, doing this research, I came across all kinds of internet articles that were trying to draw young people into these sins and promising that if you'll transition, that's the way to go now. You know, that's the in-crowd thing. That's the... uh, um, That's the popular thing to do. And it promised all kinds of happiness and satisfaction. But those same people on the backside of it talk about all the depression and suicide among the uh, LGBT community. Here is an article about the health problems, the mental health problems that said that 
the LGBT community, this survey found that 61% have depression and 36% have anxiety uh, problems. That's, that's about 95%, I think, if you add those two together, have one of the two. LGBT teens are six times more likely to experience depression than a heterosexual youth. And again, they're, they're twice as likely to feel suicidal and four times as likely to attempt suicide than a heterosexual youth. 48% of transgender adults report that they have considered suicide in the last year. That's almost 50%. So on the front side, they're promising, oh, this will make you happy. You're really a boy in a girl's body, or you're a girl in a boy's body, and if you trans, you know, then you can, you'll be happy then because you'll be who you really are. But the truth is people are not happy. They're depressed and suicidal. And that information is coming from the same people gathering the information. It's not like one group says, oh yeah, they're happy, and another group says, no, they're not happy, no. Even their own researchers, uh, uh, that's what I'm reading, their own researchers. Here's some other things about transgender kids. Behavior, they're more likely to have behavior that contributes to violence, such as carrying a weapon or are getting in fights. They are more likely to have behavior that contributes to unintentional injuries such as driving without a seatbelt or driving drunk, using tobacco, alcohol, and other drugs. Sexual behaviors uh, as such as not using birth control, depression, suicide, and suicide attempts. I've got to stop here somewhere because my time's run out. Maybe I'll stop just right there. What can we do about it? Let me give you some practical, some practical thoughts that come from Scripture and come from my 45 years in the ministry. What should we do? In light of this, what should we do? Number one, we should vote. And we should vote for conservatives. We should vote for people who hold the closest possible to biblical views. We should vote for conservatives, and we shouldn't just vote once every four years. We ought to vote in the midterms. We ought to get involved and vote for local people and so forth. Satan's after our children. He wants to kill them and destroy them and deceive them. And then we should pray. Pray a hedge around your children. I really don't have time to tell you this, but back when Karen and I were young, married couple, Doug was born, Doug Karen's brother was born, and we took care of him some of the time, and then later we took care of him a lot of the time, and so forth, and somewhere I heard a preacher say, or I heard, I heard read in a book, or maybe I just read it in in Job 1.10. In Job 1.10, Satan has come before the presence of God and uh, he says, I can't touch Job and his family because you have a hedge around them of protection. I can't touch them. And God said, for a short time, I'll drop that hedge. But until he dropped that hedge, Satan couldn't touch them. So I started praying 
a hedge around Doug, Karen's brother. And then our children came along, Leah, Christy, and Emily. I prayed a hedge around them every day. I still pray a hedge around my daughters and Doug, even as old as they are, every day. Then they got married, and I prayed a hedge around their spouses. Then they had children, 14 grandchildren, five great-grandchildren that Karen and I have, and now I pray every day a hedge around those grandkids. Pray a hedge around your children and around your grandchildren. And don't stop it. Keep praying. Pray. I'm going to stop right there because my time is gone. Bow with me, please. Maybe you'd say, Preacher, I know I'm saved, no doubt about that. But I want you to pray for me and my family. I want you to pray that we'll be faithful to the Lord and not get caught up in Satan's deception and his devouring and his hate. Pray for me. Would you lift your hand if that's your prayer today? Yes, people all over. God bless you. God bless you. You may put them down. I wonder today if you'd say, as a parent or a grandparent, you'd say, Preacher, I'm going to start praying a hedge around my children and my grandchildren. I want the strength to do that. Raise your hand if that's your... Yes, hands all over. God bless you, each one. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for our time together. How good you are. These things can be really scary unless we remember that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world that you have redeemed us and taken us out of that kingdom of darkness and put us in your own kingdom. You've forgiven our sins. You've come into our heart. Help us to trust you every day and give you that preeminent place in our life that you want and deserve. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me, please. The words are on the screen. We're going to sing together. And as we do, if you'd like to come,